Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the TTM Sports Show, the show where we interview guests from within the sporting world. To catch this episode visually, then head over to YouTube and simply search TTM Sports. Tonight's guest played for Gillingham, Wolves, West Ham United and of course England. Matt Jarvis joins us on the TTM Sports Show to discuss his fantastic career within the game, giving a unique and interesting insight into his journey from within the beautiful game itself. So sit back. Relax and listen to the guys on the TTM Sports Show. Okay then, so we're live. Uh, thank you very much uh, to, for joining us. Uh, how's life in the football arena for you? <laughs> um, yeah, do you know what? It, it, it's been it's just been great for me. I, all I wanted to do was was play football, um, and um, the opportunity came up to to play part time uh, very close to where I live. Uh, I've got two kids now, just done a house renovation. I was I was very happy to stay local and and just continue to play football and and Woking's a fantastic club and it was just it was just the perfect timing yeah one one thing I wanted to touch on Matt um I know obviously you've had a you've had a, a glamorous career in the Premier League and, and obviously with England eventually as well but what interests me at the moment is what are the what are the things about playing in non-league that you really enjoy you know I I play county level at the moment so grassroots football is very important to me always has been coming from the professional game down into the grassroots game which not a lot of players do go away from Premier League unless you play for Billy Ricky for big money um, what is it about the non-league game 
or the non-league, the conference that, that you've really taken to it? Has anything surprised you about it as well? I think for me, um, yeah, ultimately it was it was just a continuing to, to play football. I missed that uh, competitive uh, yeah. you know, training with with you know your teammates, the the match day feeling, the change room, the buzz, that that side of things. But the biggest thing that I can say, especially for I mean, I can only really say for Woking is because it was part time. You know, I, I completely take my hat off to to every single player. Uh, you know, they they some of them working full time jobs, coming. We were training on an evening. Their commitment levels were outstanding. Their fitness yeah. levels were were incredible. You know that from minute one that they turned up to to when they left it was full 100% commitment everyone was given everything and the desire to to actually go and play football was was always there uh, and that that's a that's a big compliment I could give the rest of the lads you know considering you know I'm come I come from playing training every minute of every day you know that that was what we did uh, to then just playing part-time and still them showing that commitment level was was outstanding do you feel like you get any um, special treatment from oppositions? Do you get no. do you get do you get any sort of um, you know on the pitch? Do people say stuff and like? Do you, do you find you get a bit of that? No, nah, to, to be honest, I have to say that the lads have been brilliant. Um, I wouldn't say I'd get any special treatment at all. No, um, I'd say it'd probably be the opposite. But lads try and raise their game to play against me because yeah, you know, oh, it's match obviously. I need to play play well. I need to be on my best. But I've heard some. Really, like after the game, you know, people come out like, well, done, well done. and then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a massive Wolves or I'm a massive West Ham fan, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well done for everything you've done for us, you know. And it's that sort of things that, you know, it's just nice to, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all football fans. They, they have their clubs and, and I was very, very um, fortunate and, and lucky to, to play for these big clubs. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, um, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the football management simulation game, Football Manager. Um, I, you know, well, you know, now, now I've got a couple of young kids getting the time for that's quite, quite difficult. But back, back in the day when I was younger, I, I would always say as much jobs as around, okay, I'll put a bid in, get about 16, 17 million pounds. Have you ever bought yourself on a, on a computer game? Every single time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Left wing. I think, I think, yeah. 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 Give myself a, you know, a great contract. Yeah. Yeah, for signing for you know the best clubs in there taking myself everywhere of course yeah definitely and I to be fair I you know especially in the when I was in the Premier League I, I used to always put myself in my fantasy team because yeah, yeah, one, yeah. I, I was cheap, <laughs> I was cheap. <laughs> and, I, and I used to, and I used to play every week so it was like perfect you know you, you needed yeah, yeah. Them, you needed them players that were just cheap and play every week and that was me that was how I used to fit myself in the team <laughs> that's quality that's quality um talking about obviously when you in your Premier League career Norwich you had a a long but not always successful spell at Norwich mainly down to the injuries is it good to see them back are they, are they a Premier League club in your eyes yeah I mean you know it started like a it, it was you know what dreams are made of as a debut you know uh, we won I scored great performance scored in my second game we were absolutely flying and unfortunately yeah injuries it was just uh, <laughs> it's the first time in my life I've properly decided to have a tackle and it was against Yaya Torre and um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and he broke me so it was uh, it was a nightmare you would, but you would break a lot of us Matt you yeah, know we yeah, would 
I mean, you I run no through idea. me like like chips and gravy. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, it wasn't even that. I I, I sort of I obviously got broken by his tackle, and the ball bounced, and I went straight into a tackle with Sanya. And I mean, why? <laughs> what am I doing? I don't know. I've, I've never sort of figured out why I did it. But but no, for, for me. The club's the club's such a great it's a family unit you know they they really do look after you in the sense that since I've been there now um, well when when I was there and, and all the way through that you know they got promoted they they um, they rewarded the players with like they got legends of the the club to come in and present shirts for like the first like the young lads who having their first um, you know debut shirt mm-hmm. they were all framed presented by a legend. They had cl- people that were making their 50th or 100th appearance. They were having a shirt. Just little things like that, which, which make it special. Um, and the way they performed in the championship was outstanding. Um, everyone sort of loved them in the Premier League. But unfortunately for them, it was just, I think, you know, attacking-wise, they were great. Defensively, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. Uh, and so hopefully they, they bounced back, which is absolutely outstanding. And, you know, hopefully they've learned from that. And they... They'll they'll do well next season. I think they I think they can considering you know where they've come from, what they've done, and what they've experienced and what they've learned from last time. I think recruitment's always important, but you know they're not going to be going spending millions and millions of pounds. So that they are they are what they are in that sense. But they will be a good good side next year. Yeah, I like I like yeah. the manager uh, Farker. I think he's a, I think he's a great manager, and it would have been very easy for them to maybe get rid of him when they were struggling in the Premier League. They could have maybe even gone in a change of direction when they went down um, and they've stuck by him. And I think and he also, to be fair, the year before they came up, they didn't have a great season. They, they stuck by him then as well. So they probably stuck by him in a few opportunities where other clubs may have pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. And I think that I think he's a really good manager and it's just a, it's a great fit. And like we talk about recruitment as well. Um, you know they don't spend massive money, but they it's clever signings. I'm I'm a Tottenham fan, so we've had Oliver Skip on loan there all season. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think he played every single game. I think he won their Player of the Season as well. And like the, all the like social media and all that, you can tell they've treated him really well. Um, I, I hope they don't try and sign him because I think I think he uh, he, he might want to go. Like he's, he's looks like he's enjoying his time there. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's a, it seems like a good proper family club. Um. So it is yeah, nice to are. have them back. It is nice to have them back. I'd rather have them back up than, than you know, like a West Brom. Uh, especially you, Matt. You probably hate West Brom <laughs> being ex-Bulls. But, I mean, I, they, I didn't think they brought anything to the league this season, West Brom. Uh, that, bit of a nothing, bit of a nothing side this year. So, Wolves, uh, uh, sorry, Norwich, good to have them back. Um, speaking of Wolves as well, we had, we had Marcus Stewart on. Um, we spoke to Marcus Stewart, and he obviously played at, um, Sunderland with Mick McCarthy. How much of a great guy is Mick? Well, I can only say from my experience, he's he is the best manager I've worked for. Um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He, him, and his coaching staff they you know they improved me as a player. They they molded me into what I was at the end of Wolves. Um, I can nothing but compliments I can give for Mick. The biggest compliment is he's honest. As yeah. a manager, he's honest. You, you know, you can see from the press and all the interviews, he's got that. I don't know, he's that character, but for a player, you know, he's got that presence. He's got that aura about him. And whenever you know he made a decision, you know, he explained it. You didn't like it. It's sort of tough, but he he at least tell you why. 
So, for instance, if he were to come on a Friday morning, you get Terry Connor as assistant coming to change rooms with a curly finger, going, oh, Gaffer wants to see you. And you'd be like, oh, God, not playing tomorrow. And he'll go up and he'll say, look, Jarbo, you're on the bench tomorrow. And you'd be like, why? And he'll tell you a reason. And you'd be like, oh, can't really. What can I say? You know, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's backed it up with it. This is why it happened. This is why you're on the bench. I can understand your disappointment or your frustration, but that is the reason why you're on the bench. You know, just be ready to come on, blah, blah, blah. And he would just keep you all the squad together. And he was just completely honest with you. And as players, that's all you want. You don't want to beat around the bush and say, oh yeah, but you were definitely playing the next game or you were doing this. It's yeah. just lies. And Mick was, was brilliant. So I can't compliment him enough. And you can see what he's done since he's come to Cardiff. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. And obviously, as your career, you know, neared an end at Wolves, I mean, my, my father's a big Warsaw fan and obviously we'll touch on, on the Super Saddlers at the best got a bit later. But, um, you know, coming towards the end of your time at Wolves, obviously you had a difficult decision to make. And obviously, you know, you put in a transfer request, but just for the listeners out there and a lot of um, real football fans. And it's a question that a lot of us want to ask, but for some reason they find difficult to ask is, is it difficult to to hand in a transfer request? Do you feel as if like I don't know if you're if you're going to leave a job and and you hand in your notice? It, it could come across as maybe quite a difficult and awkward conversation, or is that where an agent steps in? Or what what is the process for for, for handing in a, a request like that? Well, for me, it was the last thing I ever wanted to do. Yeah, um, yeah. It, I absolutely loved my time there. The fans, the the whole club, everything about it. I, you know, it wasn't for it wasn't because I didn't like the club or anything. For it with me, it was just complete, completely football reasons. I wanted to play in the Premier League. I felt like I earned the right to play in the Premier League. Um, my performances that season, especially towards the end of the season, I thought I scored. I think it was seven goals in the last thirteen games. I was, you know, so it was. It was something that I just felt I wanted to get back in the England squad. I had ambitions to play in the, continue to play in the Premier League. So for me, it, it was purely and simply for football reasons. But after I had two or three bids rejected um, from West Ham at the time, uh, I'd spoken to the manager. I'd spoken to everyone involved in the club. I, I didn't throw my toys out the pram. I was at every training session. I played in all of the games and the championship when that started. I was, I was, you know, I did everything possible. And it was literally, you know, the last chance I got told that was the last bid going in. That would be it. Um, and that was my last chance saloon to get back and play in the Premier League. And, and for me, you know, I didn't get my agent to do anything or I didn't, um, I literally just went in and just sort of said, this this is it you know yeah. I, I I need to to be back playing in the Premier League this is this is the reasons why and and handed it in and that's it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in in football um in the sense that I, I loved the club I still love the yeah. club um but it, it was ultimately for, for me and my my football career and then obviously you make the move down down to London a um, bit different to Wolverhampton um, more more cosmopolitan area as you, I'm sure you'll agree more better shopping better better standard of living which is why a lot of players want want, want to live in the capital city um, as we all as we all would but in terms of um, West Ham what were the first impressions there when obviously you know you you rock up at West Ham United's football ground and and how did that feel uh, for me you know it was sort of moving back home a little bit as well I'm from down south it was like um, it was, you know, that's obviously another reason why it was it was sort of the, the perfect fit for me. Um, what can I say? First impressions, you, you sort of, I, even, you know it's a big club, 
but like for me, you know, especially maybe it's because I was record signing as well. The pressure yeah. of that, are you just, you feel it's a massive club. Everyone's yeah. a West Ham fan. You're in, you know, like you said, you're in London. It's, it's just magnified. Everything's magnified. Um, so it was just, uh, it was, a, you know, it's a huge club, great um, history, everything about it. It was Upton Park, first playing there. I've played there as an away player. It's, you know, it's some atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so, so for me to be able to play in there every week, it was, it was awesome. You know, a great, great big club. They're doing exceptionally well this year. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed my time there. I've got one little question on West Ham, which uh, people have probably been asking every West Ham player and, and manager and fan forever. What is the West Ham way? <laughs> Why did I know you is were going to ask that? Is yeah. it a myth? Yeah, to, to be fair, look, the, the fans, they want uh, you know, exciting, attacking football, um, which is understandable. And that's what yeah. every player wants. You know, but unfortunately, sometimes... It's, 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 you know, it's very difficult to do that. You know, Sam Allardyce got criticised a lot when I was there for his style of play. But you look at it, it's when after he left, everyone tried to do this really good attacking style, but maybe some games were great, but the rest of the time there were poor results. And, and mm. ultimately, do, do you want to play in the Premier League or do you want to play in the Championship? Yeah, I'll agree I agree with that. I think sometimes it's... it's it's also, also it's it's so hard to play really good attacking football all the time. You're coming up against the best players in the world, uh, teams that, like for instance, if you're playing Man City, you, you know you're not going to have the ball. So what what can yeah. you do when you get the ball? What, what can you do with it? You know you've yeah. got to try and attack, and but by that point you've been defending for half an hour. You've got one player potentially up front. What can you do? You know you've yeah. got to try yeah, and yeah. be able to pass the ball. It's, it's very difficult yeah. to do that. So the West Ham way is. Is definitely it's attacking, it's exciting, but it's it's one that you know you wear your heart on your sleeve, you put everything into it. I think that's the the ultimate what every West Ham fan wants from your players. You want them the committed, giving it absolutely everything. And maybe the pass doesn't come off, maybe the shot doesn't go in, but you give absolutely everything. And I'm sure that's every single fan on every single club. But yeah, as I suppose that is the the West Ham way. I think we're probably seeing right now as close to the West Ham way as we've seen for a long, long time. Um, as much Definitely. as it pains me, but yeah, they're, they're they're excellent this year, aren't they, West Ham? To be fair, to be fair to them, they are excellent. I think Moises, what he's done is he's he's gone in there this time and he's gone right. The players that I don't really think are going to fit my style of play, you're gone. Um, I've brought in a couple of players that would suit the way that I play, that are more sort of I would say. British players uh, with the mentality uh, yeah. and every single player now knows their roles and responsibilities on that, on that pitch and of, in the way that they play as a system. He's pretty much played either two systems the whole, the whole season. So everyone knows what they do and they've all, you know, all bit into it and exactly everyone's working for each other. And obviously everyone's playing well, you know, you can't say yeah. that, you know, it's just clicked like that. But everyone is playing well. Antonio makes a huge difference. They made great signings. Yeah. Dawson and Lingard in the you know in the window that it just helps them. And um, they Moise has got to take a lot of praise for that. Yeah, it's square square yeah. pegs and square holes, isn't it? Now at the moment, whereas exactly before West Ham always looked like a bit of like a, a team of oh let's let's get this player, let's get this player. They spent just... a lot of money on players that were great players and are great players, but didn't necessarily suit the way that mm. the West Ham were playing. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, James, um, we'll, we'll just uh, we'll sort of wrap up on, on the West Ham scenario now because obviously time's ticking. Um, obviously, James has got one more question on on West Ham and to do with a certain Mr. Morrison and and what really he was he was like as a as genuine football fans and and you know nostalgics of the game that we are and we know that obviously the rumours that, that come out around Ravel Morrison. Um, James, do you want to ask ask the question? No, it's all I was gonna I was just gonna ask on Ravel Morrison, obviously. Um, I think it was Rio Ferdinand recently said that he was the most talented young player he'd ever seen. I think it was Ferdinand or someone else, maybe. Pretty sure it was Ferdinand. Anyway, what I was going to ask is, how good was Raval Morrison? And what is he like in training, off the pitch and this? And, you know, almost where did it go wrong? Where's it gone wrong for him? Um, being uh, with, I, I, with, the, yeah. with being the utmost of respect to him, obviously. Yeah, of course. He... He is one of the most talented kids you, you'd ever see. Um, in training, he would just do things. It was just so easy for him. It's just so natural. He would be, you know, megging people all the time in training, just getting it. You'd be running, just flick it for your legs. And it would just be, it's effortless. You know, he would, he would shoot right foot, left foot, dribble. He had pace. You know, he would just glide past players. He would, I mean, I'm sure you've probably seen the clip of him. I think it was England 21s or something. The cross is coming and he's just backheeled it on the volley. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, everything like that, which it just comes so easy for him. Um, you, you only saw bits and pieces in games that, that what, where he was at. And unfortunately for you, one of them was in the Spurs game. Where yeah, just, I was just about just, to say that. Yeah. He just ran straight through the middle. It was, as you, as you can see, again, effortless. He was sprint like, he was at full flow, but he looks so mm. composed. So it's just easy. He just floats past players. And, and that's what he was like. Um, unfortunately for him, it was just, sometimes it was commitment, attitude, um, and it just, it just unfortunately, he, he he never was able to fulfil what was absolutely amazing potential. Because um, he he's, you know he was he was a great kid, um, and he had unbelievable ability. Uh, it's just just one of them things that you know you you can't be uh, with him all the time to to keep him on the straight and narrow. Unfortunately. So was yeah. it more a case of um, what he was doing? when he wasn't at, like you know around the club was he you know was he good as gold in and around the place like training in and you know around the boys on the you know on traveling to games and that all yeah was it would, literally a case of when he was on his own or when you know in his spare time or was I would he, was say, he... i'd say more uh, in his spare time yes i mean don't get me wrong you, you, you're never good as gold all the time you know there's no, no, a bit, bit of time keeping and bits and pieces like that but but genuinely, you know, at training, as long as, you know, when we were on the training pitch, you know, it, it was great. He had a, yeah, you know, he, everyone has bits and pieces in training if it's not going away and arguments and, and all of that. But as far as just training wise, yeah, he was, he, he was, he was good. He, he um, it's, it is, unfortunately, sometimes it's when you're either on your own, a lot of the time he was in central London as well. Yeah, he's from Manchester. He was shooting back up there, you know, quite a lot. So it's sometimes it's it's just too much at such a young age. Because I really so, thought he went. He ended up. Um, he ended up down in in Mexico, Atlas in Mexico, uh, for he's on a year long loan from 
God knows where he was at this point. On loan from QPR, maybe. Lazio. Um, or it might have been from Lazio, yeah. I mean, how the hell he ended up there as well? I mean, what an opportunity. But when he was in Mexico, he was banging them in. Like, I, I saw him score free kicks. And it looked like he, I thought, fair play. He's gone down there. He's got his head down. He's finally going to, like, do so. And then, he, and then the next thing you know, he's banging around the... Norway. Um, Norway, Sweden. It was where Graham Potter used to be the manager of. I can't remember what they're called. Austin. He was there. Yeah, Ustersons or whatever they're called. And then the next thing he's at um, Den Haag. Then he ends up at Sheffield United. And I don't even know where he is now. Is he back in Holland? I'm not sure he's, he's back playing at the moment. I'm not sure. He, not sure, but it, it, it's a real shame because even from an England point of view, he could have been a you know he could have been an England regular with He's the ability good, that he had. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah so obviously um you 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 reach the pinnacle um you reach the pinnacle of any any player any England fan any fan of any nation would do anything to play you know thirty seconds of an international game. You did it. You achieved it. Uh, fair play. Um. I'm sure that, you know, we'll all agree anybody who gets a chance to play for England is a quality, quality player. Um, so, you know, picture yourself back in the dressing room um, surrounded by those superstar, megastar players. What is it like? Were you just sat in there just looking around like in awe or did you, did you, you back yourself? And feel like, yeah, I belong in it. And what was it like in that, in that dressing room? I think, you know, originally, like, when I first walked into it all, you know, everyone else has obviously been in the England squad before or they're at the same clubs. You know, I was coming from Wolves at the time where we were fighting relegation. You know, everyone else is, like, top four, top six yeah. side. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit, you know, going in there a little bit like, oh, first day back at school, who do I go and speak to? Where do I yeah, sit? Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, but the lads were brilliant. And once you get back onto the training pitch, you know, first training session, you go out there thinking, oh, my God, if I get going in the middle ear and I keep ball session, I could not come out. But <laughs> once you once you start getting into training, you know, it, it's fine. You, you just, that's where you're comfortable. That's where you, you do your thing and you back yourself. Um, and for me, it was, it was exactly like that. It was um, like, you don't understand. Well, you won't. It's just, I, st I still get the goosebumps just from looking back and reminiscing about that game at Wembley. It's just amazing to, to be able to, you know, unfortunately, yes, it was only one, but that one game, I couldn't have picked a better one. You know, I was at Wembley in front of 80 odd thousand fans all my family, all my friends were there. There's so many Wolves, West Ham, Gillingham fans that were all like, oh, I was at that game. You know, it's just as an opportunity. Imagine doing it now when you're away at some wherever and no yeah. fans, no nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. Like um, Albania when they played them out there. Like, yeah. Be... So, yeah, I, I'm absolutely amazing. And obviously the thing is, all the players were were, were brilliant with it as well. You know, they, they were, you know, John Terry, who gets a lot of stick, he was amazing as a, as a captain was fantastic the morning of the game he's messaging me saying you know good luck tonight um you know you deserve to be here you know uh, when you get on you know go for it you know show everyone what you can do and little bits like that and you think he didn't have to do that that's just mm. something yeah you know, it's, it's a it's a real compliment to him in, in in what he's done and um you know it just gives you a little bit more of a like yeah you know what let's go um so yeah, that was that was a nice touch. Well, I remember I mean, the I remember yeah. the game because um, it, it was a really good atmosphere. If I remember rightly, didn't they have to put they put extra away um, tickets on because there's yeah. a large there's a large Ghanaian population in in London. Yeah, they were, um, unbelievable and it, and it, atmosphere. Yeah, unbelievable. And I think it was that isn't Danny Welbeck. They they 
brought him on and that then meant that he couldn't play for Ghana. Is that right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he come on the same game, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, fair play, uh, Matt, from every England fan. And, you know, speaking on behalf of anyone, anyone who gets to the to, to play for England, fair play. You're a credit to yourself, class act, and uh, well done. A um, couple of little quick-fire questions before we just dive into our game, and, and that'll be that. Um, the time is going very, very fast for us. Um, may not be for you, but, but, it, but it is for us. Um, but, Put a um, for Matt. Yeah, and so just a quick-fire question. Off the top of your head, who is the greatest player? that you have graced a football pitch with? Wow. Oh, that's so difficult. Give me a position. Okay. Let's say the best striker you have ever played with. (laughs) Um, God. Uh, There's so many. Who can you pick? So you could go Rooney. I mean, amazing. (sighs) But like Aguero, Drogba. Yeah. Suarez, even Torres. Yeah. To be fair, when he, when yeah, he yeah. Football. I mean, how can you pick uh, some of John, these strikers? I think, uh, I think, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, you you lived a football dream um, that that most people can only Henri. literally dream of. Yeah, Thierry Henry's class act. What about um, you know? You've already gave us one answer earlier on in in our interview with you, which is obviously Mick McCarthy is the best manager that that you've played under. Which is uh, fair enough. You're not the first person to say that either. Um, it was uh, same with another another person that we had onto the show as well. Um, and then, do you have any uh, just a little funny story of anything? There's uh, any funny shenanigans that have gone on in your career or anything like that? <laughs> to be fair, I've, I've, I always bring this one out just because it yeah. just it just makes me laugh. I think yeah. um, we were on the way back from I think it was a Christmas do or something like that. Uh, so the, the, we were at Wolves um, just from the airport, all in two minibuses. We were just coming back to the training ground, and we were stuck in traffic, obviously on M6. And um, there was like about a few cars in front of us. There was a trailer with a Harley Davidson on, on the back. And one of the lads <laughs> called Graham Stack, who was on loan, who was goalkeeper. goalkeeper. What yeah, a yeah. guy! What a guy! He thought it would be hilarious, which it was. He got out <laughs> of the minute. He got out of the bus, like, and legged it up the M6, jumped on the back of this Harley, and was just sitting there, like, <laughs> <laughs> pretending to ride this thing. And then, obviously, the traffic all pinked up, and he's still on the back, and he's having to sort of try and run after us <laughs> up the M6. But what a guy! He's uh, he's some character. He's out. I think he's out in India now, and he coaching no, he, or managing. He's at he's at Watford. Oh, was he at Watford? Now? He yeah, was. Out, I think yeah. he was out either playing at the end of his career. Yeah, in India, was, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's at Watford, a goalkeeper coach. Yeah. Oh, fair play him and him and the cycling GK. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Spot Absolutely. On. So uh, before we dive into our game, um, what's next? Obviously, you're at Woking now. Um, what What are the future plans? Do you have ambitions to go into punditry or media or or any ambition to go back into the game again? Which you're still in the game, but you know when you hang up your boots, are you are you um, anticipating going into coaching or anything like that? Um, to be fair, I, you know I have my coaching badges. Um, I think that for the at the minute, I've I've really enjoyed sort of doing you know podcasts I've been doing quite yeah. a bit of media punditry work and I really enjoy it and if I can't play it I think the best sort of thing for me would be to still be able to just talk about it so that would be my ideal scenario that's what I'd like to get into um you know do some more podcasts like this yeah, absolutely yeah. right yeah I mean as I say we've got people lined up now um 
literally a list as long as my arm, which is great because for, for people like us that didn't probably didn't have the ability to play at the highest level doesn't mean that we don't love the game as much. And um, obviously, you know, we can talk about it all night long. Um, we now going to play the game Fact or Fiction, um, which is a very simple game, a game of wit and a game of knowledge where James will ask the questions. I've got no idea uh, what he's going to ask. And it's five oh, questions each. And uh, it's just a simple fact or fiction. Uh, James, over to you. Yeah, so it's very self-explanatory. Matt is literally, yeah, as we say, it's fact or fiction. For example, if I said the sky is blue, you would say fact. Simple right. as that. So, um, James, I normally play, and James normally does the questions, but I went on a losing streak. Oh, <laughs> so, so we've had to do a swap round. So after, after being defeated by British middleweight champion Denzel Bentley, I hung up, the, uh, I hung up my boots. So, <laughs> so, Matt Jarvis, are you ready to play fact or fiction? I certainly am. James Harrison, are you ready to play fact or fiction? Yeah, yeah, let's have it. Right. Question one. All three of Antoine Griezmann's children have the same birthday. Matt, I'm coming to you first. Fact. James? I'm gonna go fact. I'd quite I find that hard to yeah, fact. That is a fact. All three of Antoine Griezmann's children were born on the eighth of April. He's got two girls and a boy. Yeah, I went tactical there. <laughs> Matt answered that really quickly. And I thought, yeah, he's confident here. So I'm going, yeah, I'm going I, with I did, him. Did you know that, Matt? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I could tell that. I thought, <laughs> right, okay, yeah. Damn it. I should I should have been like, oh yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Question at number two. John Obi Mikel is actually named John Obi Michael. Fact or fiction? James, I'm coming to you first. That's fact. Matt? Uh, fact. You are both right. It is uh, a fact. Right, okay. John Obi Mikel is actually called John Obi Michael. But due to an administrative error and a spelling mistake at the Nigerian FA, he has for his whole career been known as John Obi Bacow. Unbelievable. So that, that is, is a fact. Question three. Fellow Wolves legend Steve Bull legend. Didn't, didn't score a single headed goal from a corner in his whole career. That's fiction. Matt, I'm coming to you first. <laughs> I mean, you know, the amount of goals he scored, especially with his head, has got to be fiction. James, you're saying fiction? Oh, 100%. That is fiction. Oh, I thought you were going to say fact. <laughs> <laughs> I like, remember my no friend with David Kelly, Owen Roberts. You know, he played, he played with some really good strike partners in his time. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you both. I haven't fact-checked that one, so it might actually be a oh, fact. Wow. But... I'm for the purposes of, like you say, Matt, the amount of goals he scored, particularly too good. Head, yeah. it's, he's too good not too to good. score yeah. a goal. Too good. From... <laughs> so we're going to say that is fiction. So it's free all after three questions. I'm not doing very well. Here. <laughs> Question number four. Ahead of the 2002 World Cup, Spanish goalkeeper Ika Casillas dropped a bottle of aftershave on his foot, forcing him to miss the entire tournament through injury. Fact or fiction? James, I'm coming to you first. Um, I believe that, that I, I've heard that story before, but I'm not sure if that was actually him. Um, I'm, 
I'm going to go fiction. Matt? I, I was definitely going fiction. You're both right. It is fiction. Mm. It was actually Santiago Canizares that dropped the, the goalie. Yeah, yeah blonde hair. hair. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Good goalie. I think he might have been the number one as well at that point. So that is after four questions, it is four apiece. So I've got two more. Tie-bre- is it a tiebreaker? I've got two more. Well, one more and then a tiebreaker if needed. Question number five. We might have another draw on our hands here, James. James actually drew an epic draw with uh, F.A. Sodje. (laughs) Question number six. French football clubs have more European trophies to their name than Scottish football clubs. Fact or fiction? Matt, I'm coming to you first. I'm going to go fiction. James. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Historically, Aberdeen, um, Rangers, Celtic, Hibs, Hearts. Um, I, I would European go, trophies. Yeah, I'll go the same, the same, the same as Matt on that one. You're right. It is fiction. Scottish clubs actually have more European trophies than French clubs. The only trophy French clubs have got is Marseille of the 1993 Champions League. Allegedly, and P- PSG have the 1996 Cup Winners Cup. And in Scotland, Aberdeen have got a Cup Winners' Cup and a Super Cup, which I believe was 1983, Ferguson. 1982 and 1983 under Ferguson. Celtic have got the 1967 European Cup. And Rangers have got a Cup Winners' Cup themselves. I don't know what year it is. So, um, yeah, so four European trophies for Scottish clubs, two nice. for French clubs. So you're both right. It's five all. So you go into a tiebreaker. And it's not the greatest of questions, to be fair. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, but I was doing these during my nine to five. So <laughs> we'll edit that bit out. Yeah. So the tiebreaker question. Morecambe once drafted in TV cult hero Jeremy Kyle to give a team talk ahead of a league fixture versus South End United. I'll give you a clue. The year was 2013. Fact or fiction? Big, yeah, he was at the height of his uh, popularity yeah. then. Uh, it's time for the all-important uh, result, isn't it? Um, no, um, we've all watched it. We've all dreaded going on it. Um, I know I wouldn't. Um, no, um, okay. Fact or fiction? James, I'm coming to you first. Yeah, I'm going to chuck it on the line. I'm going to say fact. Oh, see, Matt? I was going to say fact, but for whole ter- imper- you know, purpose, I-, I might just throw in a fiction. Um Ah, uh, go on. I'll just go fiction. So we do have a winner on the tiebreaker question. James, you're saying fact. Matt, you're saying fiction, and it is fiction. Oh. <laughs> it was actually the other way round. He Southend drafted Jeremy Kylin to give a team talk ahead of a league fixture with Morecambe. Wow, In Phil Brown that's done that. Phil Brown, yep, yeah. yeah friend of the show phil brown who yep. once told us he would come on to the to the, <laughs> to the podcast and never showed up <laughs> <laughs> just days just days before he then was rehired for the 17th time as south end manager to save him from relegation <laughs> before they were relegated to the conference on uh on well probably weeks ago so matt when you see phil brown next year you can tell him 
from us at, us at TTM Sports that we're very disappointed and we'll wait to hear back from him. Sure. <laughs> he ain't never getting back. Right, okay. <laughs> and I hope to God, Matt, that you beat them next season. Uh, so, Matt, you are the winner of Fact or Fiction. Thank you it's very a, much. It's a 6-5 victory. You've also got every single question correct. And I believe, actually, that puts you level as the greatest Fact or Fiction player wow. along, alongside British middleweight champion Denzel Bentley. Fantastic. Who is no longer the British middleweight champion, so that makes you better because you've got an Indian cap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make the rules, so I'm happy with no. that. <laughs> no, um, yeah, look, um, um, thank you very much for for joining us uh, on this on this broadcast. It also goes out on our radio show called The State of Play on Froom 96.6 FM and also TTM Sports uh, across a, a whole host of media avenues such as Spotify, Apple, every major outlet you can think of, we're on it. Um, absolute pleasure to to interview mr jarvis we think um you're a class act and um yeah real real top guy thank you thank you matt Uh, thank you very much well that wraps up this episode of the ttm sports show if you've enjoyed today's interview and you want to get more access to other great interviews with people like mark halsey former fifa and premier league referee british boxing middleweight champion denzel bentley world-famous commentator Peter Drury, and a whole host of other sporting luminaries, then head over to youtube.com. Just simply search TTM Sports. Again, if you want to get in touch, don't hesitate to contact us through our website. The address? Simple. www.thinktwicemedias.com Thank you for tuning in to TTM Sports, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.